You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. The Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network is brought to you by Moultrie Mobile. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up to the minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show today, I'm going to be sharing all about the gear that I use for a lot of different types of hunting. I hope it's beneficial to you guys. I get questions about this all the time. And so it was finally time to actually put together an episode. Now, I've got to warn you, I might sound a little funny. My nose and my throat were very dry last night. And so in recording, um, that might be reflected as well. I'm yawning a lot because my nose is so dry. I'm breathing I'm not like getting enough air, if that makes sense. I've had that issue ever since I broke my nose. Not at all related to hunting, but I just thought I'd give you a warning. So get your notepads ready. And even if you don't, I've got a lot of this stuff on my Amazon storefront, as well as the gear that I use on Go Wild. So you can take an in-depth look on either of those platforms, and hopefully it ends up being beneficial for you to listen. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. The 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to the Western Rookie. I'm super pumped about this episode. Um, I'm actually doing a live TikTok and Q&A as I go through this information. So as I get questions, I'll try to answer them to the best of my ability. But I want to be talking all about the gear that I use for hunting. Uh, there's a ton of it. It's like as I was putting all this together, I, I couldn't actually believe how much stuff and as I'm talking, I'm thinking of more. Um, but there is so much stuff that goes into a hunt. And when I talk about all this, I want to let everybody know you don't need all of this stuff that I have. I pick up stuff here and there. I'm kind of a gear junkie. I don't like go out of my way for it, but advertisements online are very effective on me. I feel like, um, I see something cool and I'm like, Oh man, I definitely got to check that out. Or I got to pick one of those up. I got to see it for myself. So I'm going to dive into it. Everything from, from boots, um, to 
optics, backpacks, tents, you name it. Hopefully I will cover 95 to 98% of my stuff. I know there's going to be a lot that I don't get to or that I will be missing, but I'm going to start out with clothes. Now, as I break down each piece, I'm going to give you a brief description of it. I'll give you the name of it for sure. But then from there, I'm going to try to tell you how I've used it and how effective it's been. That way it's not just like, hey, here's the name, go buy it. Um, I'll give you a pretty honest review of it. Most of the stuff that I have on this list is because I am currently using it or I have used it in the past and I think it's a really good item. So let's jump into it all. So starting out for clothes, um, I, I upgraded to First Light Gear this year. I used to use a bunch of mismatched camo um, stuff that I'd get at thrift stores and yard sales. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of clothes that I've had in the past. In fact, I had almost an entire True Timber setup. Um, it was the True Timber pattern, uh, the Strata pattern, but it was actually the True Timber clothing line. Most people don't understand that they actually make their own clothes. I had. I had a base layer. It wasn't like a wool insulative layer or, you know, a wicking layer. Um, but it was just like some fairly, fairly generic pants, um, a, a lightweight shirt. And then on top of that, I had a down jacket, vest, pants, and then I had an outer shell as well. Now, I used that stuff for years um, in conjunction with a bunch of other things that I had picked up throughout the years. And so I, that's... I'm trying to think how to say it. It worked. It just wasn't as functional as what I would have hoped. The The amount of water repellent or like the ability to repel water wasn't there for me. And so I would also throw on a raincoat with it if I needed to, rain pants if I needed to. And I found myself thinking I could do this. It would cost more money, but it would be more comfortable, lighter weight, and more versatile. So that is where I... I landed on First Light. I did a lot of research online. Um, of all the big name clothing lines or camo lines, uh, First Light was by far the cheapest. I mean, it was like I looked at Kuyu, Sitka, Under Armour, First Light. I know there's a ton of others, but those are the ones that I really looked at, the ones that I heard great reviews on from a bunch of different people. So I am going to... I'm going to dive into the stuff that I bought, the First Light stuff, and then we're going to move on from there. So I got the Obsidian Foundry Pants. I got the Men's Kiln Zip-Off Long Johns. So I actually got basically wool base layer all the way around. I got the Men's Wick Hoodie, the Wick Long Boxer Briefs. Um, having that wool base layer has been a game changer for sure. I, I absolutely love having the base layer. It actually does like wick the water away from your body, which is amazing. And that gives me the ability to stay out there longer because I sweat all the time. And so like when I'm hiking around, I don't want to have to be taking off layers, putting them back on. And although I do that to some extent, the pants, the jacket, it all has vents to where I can like unzip it down the side of my legs, under my armpits and get some airflow and cool off quickly before I get too sweaty. So those are the those are the base layer pieces that I picked up. So again, it's the men's wick hoodie, the men's wick long boxer brief, and the kiln zip off long johns. Uh, along with that, 
the socks that I use are the darn tough. They're wool, like over the calf socks. They come up almost all the way to the bottom of my knee. And it's having wool is a game changer. If, if you guys haven't switched over to it, most people have, uh, I just think that I think that everybody needs to take a serious look at using wool as their base layer. Um, now, moving toward the outer side of things, I got the men's Brooks Down sweater. Uh, it's super warm. It's not very wind resistant. I'm going to tell you that right now. This was their lower insulation um, down mid-layer. Um, I got that, and then I also got the puffy pants. And so both of those, again, it's that, it's the, it's the mid layer that's really going to keep you warm. I mean, if if that's where you're, if if you hunt in an area where there's a lot of cold, if you're going to be out in harsh conditions, that becomes an issue pretty quick. But to have a good base layer, then outer layer, and then to wrap that all up in a shell, uh, where you can block the wind, repel the water. You're gonna be you're gonna be set. Um, I also got the Kiln 250 beanie. I got the dry earth one. It's reversible. It's got blaze orange on the other side. I actually really like it. Um, but the piece that I think is the most crucial for staying warm and even blocking the sun is the Arrow Wool Neck Gator. So I wear that thing all the time. I wear that from dead of winter in Wisconsin, rifle hunting for whitetail, all the way down to um, using, using it in the summer, in the spring, if I'm fishing, if I'm out, you know, hiking around it, it blocks my neck from the sun. It blocks my ears from the sun and it just gives that extra protective layer. So those things were all super important to me. Now for, for winter hunting, I also got the sanctuary 2.0 insulated bibs. Um, they're amazing. I absolutely love them. Full zip off sides, so I can zip from the top to the bottom. It's not like you can zip up to the knees so that you can get your boot out with it or like you can get your leg out with your boots still on. These actually completely unzip on the side so you can take them off that way or you can access your down layer. You can access the, the wool long johns and you can take layers off without fully taking your bibs off, which I absolutely love. I also got the gaiters. Uh, the Brambler boot gaiters. This was a purchase that I was back and forth on. I really didn't know if I wanted to get that. I didn't know if I wanted to spend the money on it and how much I would use it. Now, I will say I haven't used it a ton yet. I haven't been on a lot of hunts that required it. Um, I did go out to Utah for a hunt, but I did not use it there because there just wasn't a ton of undergrowth. We weren't hiking through snow. I am excited to use it this spring, though. Uh, turkey season is coming up, and when I hike through in the spring, if I don't have, like, big rubber boots on, muck boots or whatever, um, the water will will wick up my pants and then get my socks wet, get the inside of my, or my, my base layer wet. And so I'm really hoping to use these gaiters for that during turkey season to try to keep my legs and my socks and my feet more dry and I'll let you know how that goes. Now, I <clears throat> excuse me. I think that basically does it for my clothing system. I use I use this system right here for everything right now. I use it from duck hunting 
to elk hunting. Um, I mean, I guess the only thing I haven't really used it for is frog gigging. It's so hot that that's like shorts in a t-shirt or just shorts, you know, but for, for anything that is even mild cold all the way up to like pretty extreme cold temperatures, I can wear this system that I just mentioned and be totally fine. Uh, along with that, I'll cover my boots because I guess I feel that's part of the clothing system. Uh, I'm using the Danner Alsea 8-inch brown. Well, they're just 8-inch boots. They're 400-gram um, insulation, and I love them. I've been using those for a long time. Again, I use those in pretty extreme cold temperatures. Now, if, I'm no, if I know I'm going to be experiencing or encountering deep snow, if it's going to be dead of winter, super cold, if I'm going to be doing a lot of like hiking through water or, um, or something like that, I'll put on my lacrosse boots. I've got lacrosse alpha, alpha burly pro 1600 gram insulation boots. Um, they, they do the trick. I mean, if they weren't so good at insulating, if they weren't so warm, it would be, gosh, it would be tempting to wear those all year long. Now I could get a second pair of lacrosse boots for early season stuff, but I typically only break those out if it's if it's starting to get cold or if it's even the mid range. I can comfortably wear them, but like I said, I sweat so bad. Um, I got a question from Colt. Uh, the total cost, the total cost on all of my clothing. I mean, start to finish. I think everything's covered. I want to say it was around sixteen hundred dollars. Now in comparison to the other brands that I looked at, I mean, some of them were close to 4,000. Uh, Sitka, I think, was the most expensive out of all of them, and it was just under 4,000 for a similar setup to this. Um, I want to say the others were in the mid to upper twos, and then this one was at 1,600. And so I was very, very comfortable paying that, knowing that this is going to be gear that I use for a long time. It's going to be gear that I use for almost every season. I'm very hard on gear, so we're going to see how how that holds up here over the course of a couple of years. I mean, typically, I don't have gear very long unless it's really well made, and I've gone cheap on gear in the past, and I found myself replacing it over and over and over. But as I buy nice things, I find that they they last quite a bit longer, and they're made, I mean, they're they're made to last. So, um, another question for you forget if first light is a lifetime warranty. No, I do not believe it is. In fact, I don't think they have that great of a warranty at all. Um, and that is where I'm hoping that it holds up. (laughs) Um, so yeah, the boots, the alpha burly pros, absolutely love them. I wear those deck hunting unless I'm going to be wading deep in water. I wear them whitetail hunting in Wisconsin if I think I'm going to be encountering snow or if I just think I'm going to be getting rained on or wet throughout the day, I'll wear those. I do it late season archery. Um, so yeah, that, that basically covers most of that stuff. And I, yeah, I, I'm going to be testing this out heavily. Like I said, I'll give you guys kind of some updates on it, how it goes. I'm going to move on now to, um, some of the boom, boom stuff. I know because uh, listeners might get annoyed with this, but because I'm on TikTok, uh, they don't allow you to say certain things. And so I'm going to go through 
and and try to guard that a little bit but hopefully hopefully the point comes across now this is all going to cover all of the systems it's not just going to be it's not just going to be for western hunting i know that this podcast is all about western hunting but again i get so many questions from even the western rookie listeners about the gear that i use for all sorts of different things and that's why i wanted to cover a lot more than just my western system so next up if i'm out if i'm out duck hunting dove hunting anything that is is shotgun related i'm using my benelli super black eagle 3 it's a 20 gauge i absolutely love it for a long time i was using a winchester ranger model 20 um or model 12 20 gauge and i absolutely loved it it was it was awesome like had i had very few complaints about it it worked it was reliable the only things is i could only take two and three quarter inch shells and i couldn't have any type of choke on it and so that was something that that was an issue for me so i i switched over to the benelli so far i really enjoy it i've been actually having an issue patterning it for turkey hunting and it may be that I was rushed, but I'm going to get out and try it again. I bought a Carlson's Longbeard XR choke for it, and I'm testing out some different ammo, that type of thing. Um, I'm actually heading down. I saw that West Texas Harvester is on. I'm going to be heading down there to do a helicopter hog hunt with them. And for that, what's funny is I was in communication with them through another guy. Um, some of you guys might know him. His name's Cody Mills. I'm going to be going down there and doing a hunt with him as well. And I'm super pumped about it. But I told my wife, I need to pick up an AR. Um, I talked to Cody. He's like, yeah, you need 223 or 556. So I went and I got a Sig Sauer M400 Tread. It's 556. Got a bunch of accessories. Got it all decked out. Got a an awesome uh, red dot on it. And I'll tell you more about that here in a little bit. But got it all set up. And then... Um, I actually, I actually talked to the owner and he's like, Hey man, we provide all that stuff. And I was like, Oh, so I went to my wife and she's like, we both know that you're not getting rid of that. You're going to end up keeping it. I was like, sweet. That all, that all kind of worked out. Um, I, I honestly wasn't trying to be deceptive or anything. I, I was told that that's what I needed to bring. So, um, then obviously I've learned to talk to the owners, like the owners always, can give you the most accurate information. And so super pumped to head down there. And he's actually been sending me video and, and photos and all kinds of stuff from their recent hunts said to expect 30 to 40 hogs an hour. And I'm like, Holy cow, that's unbelievable. I can't wait. I'm like giddy. I'm so pumped, but I also have a ton of stuff I've got to get done before then, including recording some podcasts. So moving on, um, I, I'm currently shooting a Browning Hills Canyon Speed in 6.5 Creedmoor. I absolutely love that for for long-range shoot hunting. I mean, I take that out for elk hunting. Some people are like, 6.5 is not enough. Uh, I've kind of proven that it is. I mean, you can make it happen if, if the shot placement's right, if you have the right, if you have the right um, ammo for it, if, you, if you're confident in your shooting ability and you and you have practice at the ranges that you're planning on taking shots, like a 6.5 is plenty. Uh, I've used that now for everything from 
let's see, hogs, coyotes, elk, mule deer, black-tailed deer. I'm trying to think. I think that might be the bulk of it so far. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to shoot anything bigger than an elk, like a moose. Wouldn't try to go uh, that size with it. So um, I'm shooting that. Uh, now the rounds for that that I'm using. I'm using Hornady 143 grain ELDX Precision Hunters. Uh, absolutely love that round. It is dead on with that with that system. Um, like 400 yards. I'm hitting three inch gongs without even thinking about it like that's off that's from standing with a tripod and so i feel very very confident in my ability with that setup and i don't think i'll switch away from that unless i need a round or need need something bigger for a bigger game animal i used to use a montana rifle company 338 win mag for my western stuff um the availability of of ammunition for that the the weight of it, I mean, it was a big, big rifle, and I really messed up my first time elk hunting, and I didn't have a good case. Now, we put on hundreds and hundreds. I mean, there were a couple days where we put on over 100 miles on the side-by-sides or in the four-wheeler, or, or on the four-wheeler, and I would strap my, my case down to the back. Well, I would always take my bolt out. I don't know why. It was just a habit that I had. I don't know if I heard it from somewhere or learned it somewhere, but I would always take it out and rest it behind the butt. And uh, I would put it like in between the wall of the case and, and the butt on the stock. And we were riding around on two tracks for hours and hours. And I opened up my case and the bolt had actually rattled up chipped away at the stock at the top like the cheek plate of the stock chipped it all the way up to the bolt receiver and i mean just really did a number not only on the bolt on the stock on the on the receiver like it it never fully wanted to cycle smoothly after that and and anyways i ended up getting rid of that i traded it for a bow and absolutely loved that bow but so those those are the those are the tools that I use when I'm actually taking down animals. Um, moving on, I'm gonna jump into optics. Sorry, I know I'm getting several several comments here. I'm gonna try to respond to the gear related comments, and hopefully for you listeners, um, you, you guys can hear some of these comments. Maybe they're ones that you would ask as well. But for now, just gonna keep diving into gear. So optics, I've got a lot of new optics this year that I'm super excited about. I've sworn by Vortex for a long time, and I started using them a couple of years ago. I mean, really, I used them half a dozen years ago, but really started building my collection of them in uh, things for different tools or uh, tools for different applications throughout the past couple of years, including this year. And so... Uh, the scope that I've been using the longest is a Vortex Viper PST2. It's a 5 to 25 by 50 uh, first focal plane scope. Uh, I don't know why. I just got into the first focal plane. I enjoy it. Uh, it's got the quick turrets on it, and so I can actually adjust fairly quickly for for wind drift and elevation, and um, I got comfortable with that setup in a hurry. Uh, I had a Vortex Viper scope before that 
it was good. I mean, it did the trick. I had that on my 338 Win Mag, switched a couple things around. I had a 28 Nosler for a little bit, gifted that to my brother. Um, he has he has the old scope now. I have another scope coming in soon, and it is the um, the Viper HSLR 4 to 16 by 50. I I love optics. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was because I switched from like junky like Walmart optics to vortex once i realized the clarity the benefit of having good optics i i could never go back to something cheap like i just couldn't there's no way so i got that viper pst2 i also picked up the long range or the fury hd range finding binoculars and i love them they are so they are so useful out in the field um, I've got the carrying case for them. You can just pop them out. I got the quick sling. I don't know the technical term for it, but um, I'll have all of this stuff linked on Go Wild. So if anybody is interested, you can go on Go Wild and see the exact gear that I use. I think there's actually links where you can pick it up right there as well. And so I'm going to have it. I'm working on it. There's so much of it that it's going to take a while to actually get it all input into the system. But I'm going to go through and knock all that out so that you guys can go and actually see it in person. Um, now, I was talking about the 6-hour M400 AR that I, I picked up. I put a, a Spitfire 3X red dot on that. Absolutely love it. I think it's an amazing it's an amazing little scope for that application. Um, as well, I've got, I just got in, and I've been playing with it over the past couple of days, uh, a new spotting scope and I've never had a, I say a new spotting scope I've never actually had one before and I've used my buddies like if we're out in the field but I love seeing animals from long range I love being able to record them I love you know getting video and photo and all that of them and so I said it's time I need to make it happen so I got Vortex's Razor HD it's a 27 to 60 by 85 it's the angled and so it's not the straight spotting scope like you'd see a pirate using. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of a pirate, but um, I just I wanted the angled because I find myself sitting down a lot. Um, I'm either sitting or standing, and for some reason, like looking down, bending my head down to view through a scope seems seems better to me. I maybe I'd like the straight. Better. I, I just don't know. I've never used it. I've always used the angled spotting scopes that my buddies had. So really have been enjoying that. I got the phone scope set up for it. So I've got a phone scope set up that attaches to my binos and my spotting scope. And then um, I've got the adapters for both my iPhone and my GoPro. Um, I think... I think being able to record on both of those things and to be able to sit back and not have one eye on the back of the spotting scope the whole time is going to be beneficial down the road, like to be able to sit on the side of a mountain in the morning glassing for elk or mule deer or something and just have my phone screen in front of me to where I can scan and look. I think, I think that it's going to be very beneficial. And like I said, I've been using it lately I actually set it up in the front room, and if anybody would have seen me, it probably looked creepy, but I set it up on in the front room. My son came out. He's like, he's like, Dad, what is that? 
I was like, it's a spotting scope, explain to him what it's for. And then I put my phone scope on and put my iPhone in it and showed him. I mean, we were probably three to 400 yards away from, uh, I mean, like all the way down the street. Basically, the house is right on the corner. And so you can kind of see down the street a long, long ways. And we were looking down and there was a Jeep down there. And I could read the not only the license plate, that was super easy. I could read the expiration date on the license plate. I could read the stickers, it like the the month and year, and then it was like the Missouri Bicentennial one. I could read that whole thing underneath it. It was crazy. The, the amount of definition you can get, and when you go with a phone scope or something like that, um, you can zoom in all the way, so like, on this particular scope, it goes up to 60 power zoom. And then once I'm fully zoomed in, I can actually just like spread my fingers on the phone and get additional zoom on it. And it was so clear. I did the same thing yesterday. I went out coyote hunting for a little bit and me and my buddy Drew were hanging out. And then my buddy Tim showed up. Anyways, I... I broke out the whole setup, the tripod, the, the spotting scope, the phone scope, all of that. And I started looking at different things. And I could make out like little buds on tree branches at 400 yards. I could see the barbs on barbed wire at that distance in very clear definition. Um, then I looked up towards a neighbor's house. I mean, probably a full mile away. And... My buddy's like, oh, that's kind of creepy. If you wanted to, you could straight up, like, look inside that dude's window at this distance. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you could. That's kind of odd because it was so far away. Anyways, I'm going to keep moving on because I could talk about optics forever. But I'm telling you right now, I swear by Vortex. I tell everybody that you cannot find a better optic in the price range than Vortex and the VIP warranty. Is unbelievable. In fact, I've I've dropped my binos so many times. I actually busted one of the eyepieces, not the actual lens, but the part that like the eye relief piece that like screws in or out and and brings your eye closer to or farther from the lens. Um, dropped it, busted that. I put it back together and just kind of like patched it and made it work. I called them the other day. They're like, "Hey, if you want, you can send it in." but you don't actually have to. We'll actually send you the pieces. And I was like, okay. And then I said, could I order the the lens caps right away too? And she's like, no, 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 you don't have to order those. Those are under warranty also. I was like, well, I know that like if it's lost or stolen, it doesn't count and those pieces fell off. And she's like, that just applies to optics. Like, no, that's part of the piece. That's part of the bino. And so she's sending me new lens covers for my binos as well unbelievable to deal with it was so easy and and i just think that if a company is willing to do that like it's worth going with anyways and i know that's where the earlier question about the warranty on the clothing that was my biggest hesitation to be honest excuse me with first light clothing uh the price, you know, it's it's up there. It's definitely not as high as some, but the warranty, I was somewhat disappointed with the fact that there's not a great warranty on it. And now I know like if it's a serious malfunction on their part, but 
like Vortex, if it is anything other than lost, stolen, or intentional, they'll replace it or repair it or, you know, hook you up. So all that to say, I swear by it. Let's keep moving. My bow, my bow that I use, I just got it this past year. And again, a lot of this stuff is fairly new, but I got it because I saw the reviews and then I've used it and I wouldn't still be using it unless I swore by it. So my bow that I'm using is a Matthews VXR. It's the 31 and a half. I just pulled a couple of the uh, specs offline for it. So the um, out of the box rating is up to 343 feet per second. The axle, like I mentioned, is 31 and a half. Brace height is six inches. Physical weight of the bow, 4.6 pounds. Let off is 80 or 85%. I believe mine is sitting at that 85% mark. Draw weight, 60, 65, 70, and 75. I've got mine dialed for 70 pounds. Um, the draw lengths will go from 26 and a half to 31. I'm at 29 and a half. And so uh, that's the bow that I use. I absolutely love it. I got a, a single pin sight for it. It's the Black Gold Ascent Verdict. Um, now, they make that in a three-pin sight. I don't, I don't remember, honestly, if I took two of the pins off or if it only came with the one. But I switched over to that single pin. It's a quick adjust, and um, it's amazing. Being able to go from five yard, or, you know, I don't have, it doesn't go all the way down to five, but I could shoot at five with my 20-yard pin, and then in a matter of seconds, bump it out to 100 yards and lob an arrow out at 100 yards, and that is a ton of fun. I cannot tell you enough how much fun I have shooting and just watching the arrow drop into the target i don't know what it is about it it blows my mind every time so that is the actual bow setup that i have i don't know that i'll ever switch away from matthews now um i had done it in the past i had a super old matthews uh i used to buy sell and trade all the time so i i traded for some other stuff and then i switched back to matthews this year now Further into the bow and the archery equipment, I'm gonna I'm gonna share all the gear that I use around that on the bow. I've got the Matthews Web HD series quiver. I enjoy it. It's it's good. I like that I don't have to like unscrew a knob. It's kind of a it's kind of a lever, not a lever, basically a twisting locking motion. I don't know fully how to describe it, but it sits in place. It's nice and quiet. Um, I'm using the uh, Gold Tip Hunter XT, 340 arrows, and I there wasn't a specific reason. They were just at the shop, and I needed a bunch of new arrows, and I had just spent a lot of money on a bow, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to get the most expensive ones because my wife might kill me. Um, so I got these and I have no complaints about them. They shoot great. They're, they're super, they're, they're accurate. They fly fast. Um, I know there's things out there that might be a little bit better, but honestly, I don't put a ton of time into like super fine tuning my bow. If I'm shooting five inch groups at 60 yards, I'm pretty happy with that. And so I don't need to be like touching I don't need to be able to shoot a dime at 20 yards every single time. That'd be great, but for the for the things that I'm doing, I'm very happy with the way that they perform. So 
I'm using a True Fire Edge four finger thumb release. I switched over to the thumb release also. Um, I was sold on that for a, kind of a funny reason, actually. I was talking to the guy at the bow shop and I told him, this was over a year ago, that I was like, man, I'm thinking about switching to a thumb release. I've got the traditional. I've got the traditional wrist release right now, and it's good, but it's not great. And he's like, okay, what don't you like about it? And I, I shared some of my complaints with him about it. And the one thing that I didn't even share that I actually hated about it was how, like, if I'm climbing over a gate, because there's a couple of gates that I cross depending on where the cows are in order to get out to my tree stand. And it's like when I'm climbing over the gate, that wrist that wrist strap, like it'll rotate and my release will hit the gate and it'll ding. And I'm like, dang it. I just scared every animal out of the area. So he was like, one of my favorite things before I, before even mentioning that to him, he's like, one of my favorite things about it is I put it in my pocket, like up by my chest or on my jacket, somewhere I can quickly get to it if I need to. And I walk all the way to my tree stand climb the tree stand and I never have to worry about it swinging, hitting my ladder on my tree stand or the tree pegs or the platform of the tree stand or a gate if I'm crossing over it. And I'm like, I do that every single morning. And just for that reason, I was sold, switched over to the thumb release. Absolutely love it. We'll never switch back. I can tell you that right now. So uh, on the back of the bow or of my arrows, I've got lighted knocks. Now I've used, you know, the name brand lighted knocks before but i would like there'd be times where i'd hit i'd hit one arrow with my next shot and it would bust that knock and i'm like man that's a lot of money every time that happens you know between tearing off fletching splitting the shaft of the arrow damaging the tip on the the second arrow and then busting the knock like you can get you can lose money in a hurry that way I ended up finding a pack of lighted knocks online on Amazon and I I discovered that I could buy a dozen for the same price as I could buy the name brand one buy three of the name brand ones. So I switched over to those. I've got those in my Amazon storefront. You guys can go check that out if you want to see the knocks that I'm talking about. Now the battery life isn't as long. I'll tell you that right now. Um they work great like it, it's not until, man, I wish I would have done a count. I don't even know how many how many times I would shoot an arrow with one on it before there would start to be failure, but it was a lot of times. Um, they work great. Uh, I, I highly recommend going with them. Now, if it was like, hey, man, here's a pack of Illuminox or Nocturnals or whatever, I, I'd like to see the side-by-side comparison about the battery life, like just how different it is, um, how how durable they are. But I said, man, if I'm spending $30 a year on lighted knocks for a dozen arrows, I have no problem doing that year after year. Like that'll just be an expense that I account for leading up to archery season every year or in the summer when I start practicing like super heavily. I try to shoot all year long, but... In the summer, I find myself, once the weather is nice, really spending a long time every day outside shooting. Uh, 
Last thing is my broadheads. Rage Hypodermic collared broadheads. I'm using 100 grain. Uh, I like the collared system. I haven't used the non-collar or the no-collar. Uh, I've heard some complaints about it. I've literally never had a failure with my with the Rage Hypodermics. They've always deployed, never lost a deer. I'm super pumped about them, and I would highly recommend them to anybody. Now, if I was going out west and shooting big game animals, I don't know that I would use the same broadheads. I've heard a lot of bad things from out west. I just don't know. I don't know if these would be effective. I've heard mechanical is just not the way to go when you're hunting big game animals like that. So I totally understand. I'm going to, I'm going to probably switch over to something else for when I chase after mule deer and elk. But right now for whitetail, I'm using the rage hypodermics. I'm going to move on. Um, we're getting here kind of towards the end. Like that's all the big gear that everybody talks about, right? Everybody's like, oh man, what camo, what, what rifle, what bow, what, um, optics, but I'm going to get into some of the, some of the smaller stuff, the lower end items, like things that would be awesome for stocking stuffers, right? If you're, if you're looking at getting some money or you, you would like, or not getting money, but getting gear, don't have the money right now, but you're like, man, my mom keeps asking what I want for Christmas or for my birthday. Like here's a bunch of smaller items that are doable for, for just a quick gift to someone and there are things, again, that I swear by. So the pack that I'm using, it's the Easton Pickup XT3000. This does not have a meat shelf, okay? That is the one thing that I, I hear about all the time from people. Like, dude, how can you do this without a meat shelf? I don't have an actual framed shelf on the bottom where where the meat can sit. And I'm totally fine with that because in place of that, on the bottom side of the pack there is a rollout pouch and it rolls out kind of like where a rain fly would come out if you've got a pack that has a built-in rain fly. So it rolls out of the bottom and then it's got hooks that, that hook to webbing all the way from the very top of the pack all the way down the sides. Now this creates a meat pouch that I can put a full quarter of Nelk in. And then on top of the pack, I can still put, you know, the, the head and antlers or something like that. I've packed out several animals with this, uh, moose, elk, mountain goat, and I had no problem with any of it. I was very comfortable the whole time hiking. Obviously, it's a lot of weight, so no matter what, you're going to feel that, but I swear by the pack, absolutely love it. I don't see myself changing right now. I know I had talked about it in the past, but I think I'm going to stick with it. The knife that I use, I, I've got two knives that I typically bring with me. Um, one I'll leave behind depending on the, the application or the type of hunting that I'm doing. But the one that always goes with me is the, the Havlon Peranta. It's got the replaceable surgical blade. Absolutely love it. With one blade, I can easily do a full elk. No problems. I mean, if you know how to use your knife the right way, if you're not trying to cut into the hair from the outside, like that will dull your blade so fast. Um, but if you get underneath and you're always cutting from the inside out on the fur, on the skin, whenever you're gutting it, quartering it, boning it out, anything like that, like you can get a lot out of one of these replaceable blades and they're not that expensive to replace anyways. So I swear by that knife out in the field, I can replace the blade pretty easily if I were to have to, if I'm, if I'm using it and it falls and you know, it 
snaps the blade or something like that. But I will always have one of these knives in my pack. Uh, the headlamp that I'm using, I actually have it sitting right here. It is the Swiss Tech Wendung. Don't know if that's how you're supposed to say it, but the it's the Swiss Tech. It's super bright. I think it's 650 lumens. Absolutely love it. It's got a focusable beam on the on the front, and then it's got several different light settings. The only thing that I don't like about it is that it doesn't have it doesn't have like the memory of when you click it off, it comes back on in the same setting. So there's like a flashing light setting. Um, there's a high beam, a low beam, and then one other, and I can't remember, but I think it's blue light. I wish that if I shut it off, I would turn it on and it would be at that same setting. And instead, it, transi it transitions to the next setting. And it's very annoying sometimes when I'm using it on low light and then I click it and turn it back on and all of a sudden it's flashing and then I have to click through like three or four times. So that's the one thing that I'm not the biggest fan of. As far as the brightness, the battery life, it's amazing. I can recharge it. Um, I can recharge it off of like the USB-C, I think is what it's called, um, charger. And so I, I love the fact that I can recharge it instead of having to replace batteries in it. Now, it does come with a battery pack to where I can actually put a battery pack in it instead of recharging it, if that makes sense. So you can you kind of have the best of both worlds. Um, someone said, can you say the name of the knife again? Yeah, it's the Havalon Peranta, and it's H-A-V-A-L-O-N and then P-I-R-A-N-T-A. Love the knife. It's amazing. Again, I'm going to put all of this stuff in... A lot of it is on my Amazon storefront. I'm going to put it all on my Go Wild account. So if you guys go follow me on Go Wild, I'll have every single item listed out on there. They've got tens of thousands of items that you can actually tag and say, hey, this is the gear that I use, which I think is an awesome deal for them to do. Moving on, another knife that I use, it's called the Outdoor Element Phoenix Talon. Now, this is a big knife. It's bulky. It's like a survival knife. Almost, it's got a replaceable gutting hook on the backside, and it's got a fire striker on the back of the handle. So imagine like just the sparking part of a lighter, having that on the back of your knife. Super cool. Um, Outdoor Element makes amazing, <clears throat> excuse me, amazing products. Their fire beaner, same type of deal. It's got like a window breaker. It's got a knob uh, or like a wrench for a propane tank on it. It's got the fire striker on the back. Super cool stuff. I would highly recommend going and checking out the Outdoor Element product line. It's something that's been popping up a lot more lately. I actually got to talk to the owner at a TV show event that I did out in Colorado this past year. That's how I got turned on to it. But absolutely love the stuff that they have. Next, um, I've got a Death Grip tripod. So it's the Bog Carbon Fiber Death Grip tripod. It's It's... A perfect rifle rest if you are sitting on a field edge, if you're turkey hunting, if you're deer hunting, or if you spend a lot of time on two tracks, uh, on four-wheelers or side-by-sides, and you're in the backcountry to the point where you could get set up for a shot quickly on an animal, I would highly recommend it. On the flip side, if you're hiking in, this is not the right tripod. It is heavy. It's like eight pounds or something like that, and I got the lighter version, and so... Think about carrying an extra 
rifle with you. You don't want to have to deal with that in the backcountry when you're hiking multiple miles in. And so that is specifically for like close to home hunting or close to the vehicle hunting, not for packing trips. Um, I just wanted to throw that in there. Now, I will say the stability on it is unbelievable. I'm using that if I'm shooting at 400 yards out in the back 40. Set that up, get the rifle clamped in, let one rip, and I can shoot from a fully extended standing position at 400 yards and be hitting sub MOA every time. So highly recommend it, um, but you have to know the application that you're using it for. I've got a couple other tripods, and uh, I swear by them for for optics, for sitting and glassing, anything like that. Now, the first the first tripod that I ever had was the Vortex High Country tripod. So this is their lighter weight, very collapsible one. I mean, it packs down pretty small. I don't know the exact dimensions. I probably could have looked that up. But I used that for a lot of years. I mean, hiking it up to 13,000 feet, chasing after mountain goats, like, it's great, man. I'm, I'm telling you, it's really good. Uh, recently I've upgraded to the Ridgeview carbon fiber tripod by Vortex. It's got the pan head. It's a little bit, it's a, not a little bit, it's a lot smoother motion on it. Um, I feel like it's a lot easier to get dialed in on long range, um, animals or, or sheds or whatever it is that you're looking at. So I highly recommend both of those tripods. I am going to decide which one I want to use this year. I've got a feeling it's going to be the um, carbon fiber ridge view tripod just because how far you can extend it. You can have that thing. I don't know what the max is. I'd like to measure it. It's got to be over seven feet tall. Like the other, the, the high country, I couldn't fully extend it to where I could comfortably stand up and look through my binos with it. And so I just don't, I don't think I'm going to use that one as much, but I do like to have multiple optics up. So, I mean, if I've got my, if I'm in the side-by-side cruising, we get to a spot where we can glass, I'll probably have them both out, one with my binos, one with my spotting scope, and maybe a phone scope set up on one or the other. So, highly recommend both tripods. They're awesome. Like I said, the high country just doesn't extend as far, but it collapses down a lot smaller. So, give and take with both of those. I also have the pro car window mount from Vortex. So that is actually, it's like the top of a tripod, like the spot where you mount your optics, but it clamps down on your window. So if you're driving around scouting, trying to look at turkey or deer or whatever, just looking for, looking at property, glassing ducks or geese and seeing, you know, if you like to take pictures of banded birds, like my, my buddy, my cousin likes to do that all the time. This is a great tool for that you can mount your tripe or your binos or your spotting scope right to the top of that um moving on uh gun case i figured i'd cover this just because i upgraded like i said i had that issue early on and i said i'm never going to do that again i currently have my rifle in a pelican storm im 3300 case now I cut out the foam to match the rifle. I have like a spot for a box of ammo, some other like cleaning accessories, things like that. But it sits snug in there. It is not going anywhere. I've gone all over the place now with that thing, even flying it up to Alaska. Uh, 
strapping that thing in or even just throwing it in the bed of a truck and hitting four by four trails, I'm not worried about it at all. So I would highly recommend get a good case for your your weapons. It's just it's worth it. You don't want to have a catastrophic failure like I did. Last couple things. Um, as far as cooking goes, I bring a jet boil out there. Absolutely swear by the jet boil. I use a lot of the Walmart like pasta sides. It's a, a really easy way to get a warm meal out there and you're not having to pay for the price of a mountain house or any type of backcountry um, freeze dried meal. Pesticides, you can do the same type of deal. Pour some water in there. After it's boiled, let it sit for a while. And you can have teriyaki rice or noodles. You can have chicken-flavored rice. I mean, they, they make like 30 different flavors, but whatever it is that you're interested in. Um, the jet boil, though, I swear by it. You can boil water in under a minute. Um, super easy. You can get a lot of, of full boils out of one tiny little can and pack in a second can it's really not that hard um i've done it i've used that for a dozen years at least camping hiking floating hunting fishing you name it i bring that thing with me as far as the water filter goes i've been using a sawyer water filter like the sawyer life it's not a life straw it's basically a straw right so you can screw it into the top of a water bottle you can either drink from it that way or you can fill the water bottle up with it Um, I did do a mountain goat hunt with a guy named Josh and he had the platypus system. And I think I'm going to switch over to that or just add that to my bag, um, for certain hunts. Now what that is, it's called the platypus gravity works four liter water system. Basically you put four liters of water in a bag. It's got a straw or it's got a hose that connects to another bag with a filter in between. If you fill that up, you go on a hike for the morning, you come back, you've got four liters of clean drinking water. That is amazing to me. I hate sitting at the river, filling my water bottle up through a filter, and it just goes so, so slow. So I would highly recommend anybody who's interested in backcountry, hunting, camping, fishing, floating, any of that, get a system that will filter a lot of water for you without you having to be sitting there doing it. Like I've had the squeeze bag ones where you like squeeze the water through the filter and, or like you just sit there and wait, but to have it all to where you can hang it on a tree, walk away and come back to clean drinking water. It's definitely worth it. Um, last few things, my sleeping bag, I've got a Kelty 20 degree sleeping bag. I love it. I use it for everything. If it's going to be really cold out, an easy thing to do is bring an emergency blanket that will increase your warmth tremendously or a sun visor for a car. So like the, the foldable reflect reflecting like sun visors that you put in your windshield. Maybe that's what it's called a windshield visor. I don't know. Get one of those. They're like eight bucks at Walmart. It gives you extra padding and extra warmth. And in the mornings, if there is any sun out, even if it's cold, you get out of your sleeping bag or out of your tent in your boxers, you can take that thing and make a U-shape around you and face the sun with the opening of the U facing the sun, and it will freaking warm your legs up like you wouldn't believe. It It's amazing. It's a trick that I've been using for a long time. They make high-dollar versions of them, but this is so lightweight. It'll fold up. You can hook it to the outside of your pack or tuck it somewhere inside of your pack, 
and it serves multiple functions. So uh, you can use it for that. You can use it to to put processed meat on if you're in the back country and you need like a clean surface so you're not setting all your stuff on on the ground. It's an easy way to just throw it down on on a flat surface that can be clean and then put it in a meat bag afterwards. Um, yeah. The last thing is my tent system. I've got a tel- uh, Kelty Grand Mesa two-person tent. It's not the lightest. It's not the smallest. I don't use it that often. Um, typically when I'm hunting, when I'm camping, I camp a lot during the summer and I'll just use a tarp and a hammock. But if I'm in the backcountry hunting, that is something I'll bring if there's another person with me. Otherwise, I've got a Noah's tarp uh, by Kelty also. It's a super lightweight tarp, but mine is, it's a lot bigger. I could go with a smaller one. It's 16 by 16. You can get away with a tarp in the backcountry just about anywhere. I mean, some people don't like it. They don't feel as secure in it, but it's a good way to lose some weight, keep some space in your pack available, and um, yeah, just to have that coverage. So I think that covers just about everything uh, as far. Oh, you know what? I didn't go over a lot of my duck hunting gear, and it's just because I, I was literally get, gathering all of my gear together and all of the stuff that I've got from recent or like from turkey hunting coming up. Um, that's just kind of what I started talking about. Uh, as far as my waders go, I use lacrosse waders. I don't remember the exact type. Um, the calls that I use, I use Buck Gardner calls. Absolutely love them. First call I ever had. My lanyard's been full of them ever since I started duck hunting. In fact, I got to go on a hunt with a couple guys from Buck Gardner. This past year, they brought me some custom nomadic outdoorsman duck calls, and now I am um, on their expert staff. And so absolutely love them, swear by them. I've used their calls long before I ever got to meet those guys. And yeah, I think that basically covers everything. I'm going to hop off. I need to get some food. I'm starving. Hopefully this was a good episode to help you guys understand the gear that I use. Maybe I'll do a follow-up. Actually, you know what? Really quick, I'm going to dive into my podcast gear. That way, if anybody had any questions about that, you now know. So for my board, I'm using the Rodecaster Pro. Absolutely love it. It's an awesome board. It's got a ton of functionality for input settings for mic. Um, a USB input, a phone input, and a Bluetooth input. I can preload intros and outros onto it. Um, you can either record straight to the board or to a computer through the board. You can, like I said, link your phone, do live events like I'm doing right now, and and they can hear you through the microphone so they get the quality even though it's going straight to your phone. I'm using Gator Frameworks microphone arms. Absolutely love the microphone arms. I got cheap ones early on, and they would fall over all the time in the middle of a recording. These things are solid. They hide the microphone cord actually inside of the microphone arm, and so um, that alone is worth it to me. The headphones, I think they're the THMX2s, but I'm going to take them off and take a look at them quick. Yes, they are the Tascam THMX2s. They are the cheapest, highest rated headphones that I could find, like studio quality headphones on Amazon. Again, all of this will be on my Amazon storefront. Um, 
the microphones I'm using are the Rode Pod mics. Rode just makes amazing products. I'm thrilled with with the quality that I get out of all of this stuff and how easy it is to use. So if you guys have any questions, any further questions about the gear that I use, have want to pick my brain about stuff, please hop on and hop on and ask a question. Whether it's on social media, send me an email, or you know, maybe we can get on a call together sometime. But thanks for listening. Go check out my Amazon storefront and my Go Wild account to see very specific detail about the gear that I use. And you can get the SKUs on there. There might be even links to purchase it right there on those platforms. So thanks for listening, guys. And that is going to wrap it up for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you took a lot away from it and it was beneficial to hear about the gear that I use. Now, if you have more questions about it, if you want to find the specific gear, like I said, go check out Go Wild. If you're not on Go Wild, it's an amazing social media platform for hunters, fishermen and women and outdoorsmen and women that you can go and you're actually encouraged to share your pictures on it about hunting, about about weapons, about ammunition, all of that stuff. I know it's being censored a lot of other places, but Go Wild, it is highly encouraged. And you can put all of your gear right there. You can tag the gear that you use to where people can go click on it, find out more about it and purchase it. And you can go to the link in my bios to find my to find my Amazon storefront, find all of the gear that I use for both podcasting and hunting. It's definitely not as in-depth as Go Wild, but it's another resource that you can use. And if you've got any more questions about it, feel free to reach out on social media or over email. Now, I got to go get ready for this Texas hog hunt. I'm so pumped about it. As you as you heard me interacting with Landon there for a little bit, he was West, West Texas, oh my goodness, sorry, West Texas hunter on on the live chat i'm going down and sitting in the helicopter flying around shooting hogs and i could not be any more excited about it so keep an eye out for future episodes it's going to be good hopefully there's a lot of good footage and content coming from that until next time though get out and chase a new adventure